You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more of the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app now and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's promo code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. One Cup podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Shippy, and joining me as always is Craig Ludwig at Taz3311 on Twitter. And now, Luds, I want to look ahead at the you know the next few games and you know where the team goes from here because they've got, I mean, just like this whole season, there all these games are super important. You've got the Florida Panthers again tomorrow in Florida at six o'clock, and then you've got the Lightning on the kind of a weird like home and home series uh, where you play in Tampa on Saturday and then the Lightning come back here on Tuesday. It's it's real strange that they get these three, you know, games right here in a row against the uh, Panthers. But I guess who was it earlier that played the Coyotes and somebody had seven straight matchups? Or Saint Saint Louis, Saint Louis. They played seven times. They they basically played a series. Yeah, they played a series, and, and Arizona ended up winning the series four games to three. So yeah, that's what they did. Well, but but again, a lot of this is because that happened. Because a couple teams got COVID. I think it was Vegas. I don't know who yeah. it was. Somebody got COVID up there. And so there was days in between both teams had some off. And I think the NHL is doing whatever they can to be able to, to kind of tap dance around days off and try not. And it just worked out that they were going to play these guys seven times in a row, which is ridiculous. But it is what it is. And this whole season's ridiculous. But but again, for Dallas, you know, they, they I think a lot of this got set up from what was it, the first layoff, maybe, because uh, they were supposed to start with Florida. Um, that never happened, yeah. and so they're trying to do their best. But they were going to play. They were going to play Florida, Florida, Tampa, Tampa. I believe to start the season. So mm-hmm. again, it, it's about travel too. They're trying to find ways to cut down and travel. And so, and who knew that Florida would probably be that team up in the one-two spot at this time in the year? So you know, Dallas ends up having to go into a couple tough buildings. Uh, you know, a team they know well, obviously now in Tampa Bay, and um, but they've got to take care of uh, one more here in Florida because I. You know, and again, the way I was doing the the math again, um, mm-hmm. just by the winning percentages that these teams have now, I, I looked at Tampa, uh, Florida. We're going to finish somewhere around eighty points or so. I felt that the winning percentage they were going at, they were, I don't know, I, I wrote it down here somewhere. They they were somewhere around seventy some percent. It was their winning percentages. I think seven twenty is Florida, uh, Carolina is like six ninety. 
uh, and then uh, Tampa is up in that neighborhood there, 735. So when you look at the games left, the total amount of points left, if they stay at those numbers, which they probably won't because they're playing everybody every night, but anyway, um, somewhere around 80 points. I think those top teams are going to get somewhere around 80 points. Dallas was going to have to play above 750. Um, th- again, that changed again after the game tonight. So it's not easy to go from 560 to 570 and then say, hey, we got to play 750 the rest of the way through here because it's not going to happen, not the way the schedule's set up. Mm-hmm. So, um, but everything, it's just the way it is. And, and yeah. you know, the other, unfortunately, the teams on the other side, it's the same scenario. So, so they know that they've got to do whatever they can to take those points away from each other. Unfortunately, the Stars, you know, they, especially after last season, after starting 1-7-1, and one, they know a thing or two about, you know, going mm-hmm. on a real hot streak after that and getting to, you know, getting to where you need to be in order to make it, you know, back to the playoffs. Um, I just kind of want to relate, I guess, the way that the Florida Panthers play with the way that the Tampa Bay Lightning play. How similar are these two teams that Dallas is going to be kind of battling with, you know, of these next three games? Well, I, I think that the, what I see with Florida, the way that they play, they've got a lot of speed, uh, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of north-south. It, it's straight ahead and go. Tampa Bay comes at you, and they'll play east-west. They've got puck puck possession guys, Braden Point, Kucherov not playing yet right now. Stamco seems to be healthy and putting the puck in the net here lately. Uh, they got Hedman in the back end there. But but they, they can make plays going east and west and north and south where – it, it, I look at Florida, and it almost reminds me a little bit uh, about Carolina uh, because those guys want to play a fast game. They want to come straight at you. Um, I was actually surprised when I when I watched Florida play. They've got a lot more skill uh, skill and talent on their team that they've had in years, and I think Quenville's really got them playing the way that he wanted them. It really shows you how long it takes for a coach to come into a, a new organization and get his get his stamp on the way he wants a team to play. Because last year, coming off of last year, I would have never guessed that they would be the way that they are. They look like two different teams to me um, from last year to this year. So I think there's a little more straightforward speed with with Florida, whereas with Tampa Bay, um, they want to make puck plays. They'll make puck plays through the neutral zone. They don't necessarily have to get them in. Um, and they'll take it back, and they, they, they're a puck possession team. And and why wouldn't they be? I mean, they want to stay in the cup by playing that way. So, yeah. uh, and they found a way around the you know around the cap. And I think they were thinking they were going to lose a couple guys, and because of you know long term injury, uh, you know like Kucherov and guys like that, they're able to keep some guys around. So um, you know again, they're a team that I think everybody kind of expected to be up in the neighborhood and knocking on the door again this year. Now, do these teams, you know, because. We've talked before. I mean, with the with the way that Lindy Ruff had the Stars playing, the one thing you'd always tell me is like, look, that's great for the regular season, but the ice shrinks, things tighten up, things get more physical, there's less penalties called and things like that come playoff time. Do you think that the way that the Hurricanes and the Panthers play translate well to that to that Stanley Cup playoff style of hockey? Yeah, I, I do. I think the, away. The, the, thing that, the thing that I think uh, is concerning them that they're thinking about is their goaltending. Uh, mm-hmm. Carolina, they've got to go. Morazic's out uh, here, in, or not here, but with the Panthers, they got a guy that's making ten and a half million dollars or whatever, and he's not even playing. <laughs> so yeah. they got Drieger in there, who's kind of stole the job from them. So um, I don't know if they've ever since Bobrovsky's been there, if they've really been happy or if he's been comfortable there. It doesn't seem like he's lived up to what he was in in Columbus. So um, you know, so for Dallas, they at least are looking forward to possibly having a, a good, healthy Ben Bishop come back and a Tyler Sagan come back. Um, Tampa's looking forward to having Kucherov come back. And so there's a lot of players that are out there. But, 
But I, I would say that the, the concern for those two teams is their goaltending. And I think that this kind of a year um, and the way it is, and then even when you get into the playoffs, because of the grind that this regular season is going to be, um, they really want to find a way to be able to have the confidence, be able to throw in one of either one of their two goalies. And I don't think that Tampa Bay um, – can can say that yet and i i don't and i don't think they would anyways i think tampa's going to continue to run with vasilevsky i mean he's probably the best goaltender in the league and he doesn't seem to get tired it seems like he plays every night yeah um but i think in florida uh i think that they found a guy here that seems to be playing well at the time i don't know if they've got confidence in Brosky. so i think concerns are probably with goaltending especially with florida for him and we've seen during those same lindy rough days does not typically transfer that well to the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, if you don't have one guy in it. And I was really impressed by Dreiger tonight. I really hadn't seen him play goalie that much, but he looked really strong opposite of Anton Hudobin. And he made a lot of really nice saves against the Dallas Stars that even gave Florida a chance to kind of hang around while the, you know, while they were trying to make their comeback. Well, and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. There didn't seem to be a lot of things uh, laying around after the initial shot. So he either did a real yeah. good job of containing it and not giving up a rebound or his defensemen or he had forwards were back there clearing the puck out. And I just felt like it was a little bit more quiet around that end of the rink tonight on, on, on shot opportunities and goal opportunities and, and than it was in Dallas's end. It seemed like there, there was a lot more scrambling from Hudobin going on and a puck laying around that he had to find it through some traffic somewhere and a little bit more scrambling around on the Dallas end. And tonight I was also really impressed by the way that 37 Justin Dowling played for the Dallas Stars. It seemed like he was had his hands in a lot of the Stars scoring opportunities. But it seems like it's for for I guess when I see him play or when I watch him, it seems like he's either all over the place or I don't really see him, you know, out I don't really notice him out on the ice at all. Is, is there is there a reason for that? Is it just because, you know, it's just game by game or his, the line mates or is it being in and out of the lineup? Is it just, I've always liked him. I've I, always I, liked him. He's got a, he's a great. And, and I think, I think when you don't notice him is probably when the score is not in Dallas's favor and mm-hmm. Bones has kind of shrunk the bench a little bit. And, and so he's not getting the same amount of ice time, but he always seems to have the puck. He always seems to be moving at top speed. Um, he's not afraid to take the puck to the net. Um, I've liked him ever since he came here and, you know, he's just had a hard time cracking into the lineup and, yeah. and he's played center. He's played right wing. He's played left wing. And so he's kind of like this utility guy that can play all over the place. And I think he plays with the pace that they want to play with. So, um, he, I believe that he takes advantage of his opportunities and, and when the game may start getting a little lopsided and you're playing catch up at times, that's probably when you're not noticing because yeah. it's not like he's going to, he's not a 20 goal scorer in this league, but, but he does a lot of, he does a lot of little things, and I think he drives pucks to the net where there's things going on around the goaltender, and he doesn't turn the pucks over. He's a responsible guy, and he knows how to play in his own end. So um, it's just that he's not this guy that can fill the net. And and not only that, he's been around for a while, and I, I think you're trying to you – know, Robertson and Comano and guys like that, and so they're trying to interject and get these guys some games under their belt and see where they're at with these guys too. Radic Foxhaw was also another player tonight that I thought really stood out, you know, in both in, on in each end of the ice. Um, he just was real active and around the puck. And I wonder, because it seems like the FCC line is obviously awesome for what they do, right? Shutting down the opponents. But it seems like it helps out Foxhaw whenever he's got different wingers that he plays with that are maybe more offensively skilled or more offensively talented. Did you see that kind of same thing? Or have you noticed that with the way that he plays with, with different line mates? 
Well, I, th- I think then I think he's he knows how he's going to play. I, I think he understands that he's a, he's a kind of guy, especially when the FCC lines together. Their job is to go out and shut down the other team's top line. Yeah, and, and they do a real good job of it. They they can all skate well. Fox is really good on on faceoffs. He's positionally correct. He knows how to play in his own end, which is obviously so important for centermen. And I think sometimes when when the expectation of those two guys aren't with you and you got a couple other guys with you, you, you kind of, your ears perk up a little bit. Maybe you can take a couple chances, get a couple points here and there, and you're maybe not as dialed in, even though that's, he knows that's his job. And that's why they, they bring him back here. That's why I extend his contract to guys like that, because they know what kind of job that and how important that is to be able to go out against other teams, top lines. And, but, but I think sometimes mentally you're thinking, well, I don't have those guys in my, in my line tonight. So maybe I'm not supposed to be playing in my own end so much and getting the puck out and then getting off the ice and penalty killing. And I can roam a little bit more. So maybe that's just a mental thing for him. But I think anytime that any defensive guy, especially those forwards that they know that their job is so important to try to keep that other teams, like you're going to see it, uh, you know, especially when they get to Tampa, I mean, you're going to see Fox out there against, you know, the, whether he goes out against point or he goes out against Stamkos or whoever it is, but it'll be one of them top gunners to try to shut those guys down. Um, but I think there's sometimes that they, they want to turn it loose a little bit and, and maybe they don't think that those same expectations are there, even though they're always there, especially for Fox, because that's, that's his role. That's his job. But I think you like to get up and run a little bit once in a while. And it seemed too like tonight, I haven't seen the final numbers. I can look it up here, but it seemed too as well as well, though, that the stars really improved tonight uh, in the faceoff circle. It looked like they, cause they got, I mean, they were getting killed in the face-off dot the other night, and it looked like they really turned that around. I mean, is there is it is our face-offs just kind of like a, a luck of the draw type thing? Like, I don't, I don't understand. When it's or like, it goes down, you know, you tie up the stick or you lift the stick or something like that, and you draw it back. But what exactly goes into being a really good face-off team? Like, what makes a guy like Joe Pavelski over his whole, whole career such a good person on the earth such a good player on the face-off time well uh i would say what goes into it is, is homework uh, you know they they understand and they know every other sentiment in the league and what they do in specific times how they take face-offs guys that aren't supposed to use their feet but they use their feet what do they do on this side of the ice versus that side of the ice their strengths and their weaknesses <clears throat> you know it, it's knowing your opponent and, and I, I think that's what they do every time that they're get ready for a game they you look at the board there's a reason that the other team's lineup is on the board and they'll go down down right down the middle and and they'll kind of refresh and remind themselves about what that guy kind of draw he takes and they kind of know who they're playing against anyways and 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 now like in things like this where we're playing teams six seven eight times in a row you get to know their mechanics and their tendencies and you know i i think that's what sports for me it had to be but i i think part of the advantage of being able to shut people down and shut lines down and and goal scorers down is to know their tendencies. Where do they like to be? And there are certain areas of the ice that they want to be and what kind of moves do they typically go to a little bit more often. So for for the centermen here, um, you know, it, it they do their homework, they study, uh, and then they get a feel for what's going on in the course of a game. But, but, but again, I think that above all that, it's coming off that last game. I, I think there was just a, a different level of commitment all, at all different spots whether it's in the zone on face-offs on the power play on the penalty kill um i, I believe that they felt they let left their let, let their goalie down and then they let themselves down and they wanted to show that uh you know what they can do against this team and so you know they put the work in tonight and it could have been better yeah but i but i do believe some of that really i, I really think there may be some conditioning there when they get into some more games here you're going to see them 
kind of get up and be a little bit more in sync with each other and maybe take it to teams and kind of uh, overrun some teams, especially in the offensive zone. I think you're going to, they're going to be able to get to some of those second and third opportunities. And, and you know, you're out of gas and your legs probably aren't exactly where you want them right now, but I think that can only come with, with playing a few more games. Now, uh, this is something that was brought to my attention, or not brought to my attention, but something that I've been thinking about recently because uh, one of our fellow Hockey Podcast Network podcasts reached out to me, State of Hoppy. They cover the Minnesota Wild. And they said, hey, we fill out this, you know, Dallas Stars thing. We're going to do an expansion draft thing. We're going to see, you know, who would you expose and do this and that. And I did it, and it looks like, right as of now, if the things don't change, that Dobie would probably be the guy to get drafted if, you know, if, if the Seattle Kraken were to have their draft tomorrow. Do you think – is this something that – I mean, the Dallas Stars are worried about this season right now, but is this something that you think the Dallas Stars are looking at already and a way to maybe oh, yeah. be able to protect Dobie or – what they've got to do to make sure that they don't lose him. I, I don't, to be honest with you, I, I don't know exactly what all their contracts are, but I, I believe Ben's probably got a, a full no, no trade. He um, does. So they have to protect him. Um, Ottinger, um, you, a you, you know, yeah, He's but you can't, state. you can only protect one goalie, I believe it is. So, yeah. Um, so it would have to be him. And, <laughs> and so anyway, uh, you know, it's it's just the way it is <laughs> you know that that's what happens when somebody wants to pay 650 million dollars for a new team um right. people are going to be exposed so uh but again you know there may be other options out there what's going to happen with flurry i mean because again if, if somebody picks up somebody like flurry and he's making seven million they're probably not going to be picking up another goaltender that's making yeah. three three to four million dollars because they don't want to put that kind of money into a tandem and goaltending so um, it, it's always, it, I'm always curious about how they're actually going to roll the dice on certain players and they'll, they'll take a chance on certain players. I mean, when you think about it, is a team going to pick up Alexander Radulov if he's making six and a half million and he's 36 years old, maybe he's a guy you, you, you don't have to protect because you don't think other teams are going to pick him up. And then there's the whole case of, Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my second round pick. I'm going to leave Hugh Dobin unprotected. I'll give you a second round pick, not to take him. Yeah. So I think they're going to try to crack back on some of that stuff. But that's really what happened with Vegas. I mean, they were cutting deals left and right. Mm -hmm. and, and they put together a hell of a, a roster for an expansion team. Um, but they had a lot of draft picks and a lot of other options. And and so, you know, who knows what's going to happen there and what you can offer. And, and is it worth giving a second-round pick to that guy? What happens if Ottinger all of a sudden, you know, goes on a roll here in the next 30 games or whatever he's going to get in? And, and that will expose Dobie because uh, – you know, and again, maybe Ben Bishop wants to waive his deal. I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many things that that you don't know what goes on behind the scenes, and and how Jim Neal, how he approaches all this stuff with all these players. But right. But yes, they are working on this. I guarantee they started working on this over a year ago and, and trying to put their crystal ball together. And if this happens, we have this plan. If that happens, we have this plan. And I was gonna, you know, I brought that up just to ask if if do you think that other NHL teams are going to pull those side deals to keep players, or do you think they're going to look at the way that Vegas was able to build a Stanley Cup contender in their first season, and they're going to say, hey, maybe we should just let them just draft whoever they want to draft, and then we'll just kind of move accordingly after they make all their selections? Well, you kind of heard that they weren't going to let expansion teams get away with, you know, what, what Vegas did and how they went about it. And, you know, I don't think they really knew – they hadn't seen it before, so they really didn't know what to look for. and. And all credit goes to Vegas. I mean, they didn't break any rules or anything. So, but then again, now you have new ownership and 
a team that uh, Vegas paid 400 and some million for a team. These guys are paying a couple hundred million more and they're saying, Hey, wait, now we're playing, you know, we're, we're paying one and a half times that what the last club did. So why aren't we getting some of this? I mean, we want to be, I'll give you the 650 if, if we can have a good roster starting this thing out, because you know, the, the, if you go back to when there were other clubs and, you know, they had it up with a, a lot of fourth and third liners, and that's what they started with. They didn't have these superstars. They didn't make it to the – they weren't even – they didn't even get a sniff of making it to the Stanley Cup finals like like Vegas did. So the Kraken are probably hoping they can – they're able to pull something off. And I'm sure there's a lot of expectations, especially in Seattle, that, hey, they did it. We're going to do the same thing. And it's I, I don't think it's going to work out like that. I, I, I You know, so we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, it would be curious to see how this whole thing plays out again, especially – if they're going to try to crack down on, on any of this stuff or uh, find any loopholes. And that's what it's about. I mean, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So they might as well try to find some loopholes if they can. Yeah. I want to talk to you as well about, you know, because Rick Bonus with this condensed schedule, he's mentioned how important the taxi squad is going to be. And, you know, different guys have come up. You know, Tanner Caro, you've got obviously Ty Delandria, who was out tonight, who was reassigned to the taxi squad. Uh, but I kind of wanted to get your, your thoughts on who – of that taxi squad has been the most impressive to you. And I also wanted to know, cause I've seen a lot of stars fans asking this question on Twitter. They've been asking why a guy like Joe Lesperance cannot seem to crack the lineup and that they keep going with, you know, Caro and Dowling and the same, you know, the same guys. I kind of wonder the same questions. I wonder I, the same thing. It's I'm a great a, question. I, I've kind of, I've kind of taken a hanker into uh, Delandria. Uh, that, that's the guy that I, I seem to like, and I, for some reason, I, I see some Brendan Morrow in him. Um, I, I don't know why. I don't. There's there's a there's a, a bit of a, a dog on a bone kind of thing. And when Brendan came into, the, you know, Brendan Brendan fought a lot, and Brendan, you know, Brendan Morrow is what Brendan Morrow is. And I don't know if there's ever going to be another one. But I look at the way that Delandria plays the game, I and mean, he plays north south. He plays straight ahead. He's not tap dancing around anything. He gets in people's faces. Um, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be – I don't know anybody's going to be able to – that size is going to be able to fight the way Brendan Morrow did. But but Brendan, you know, Brendan earned the C that he got as, as a captain here in Dallas. And and it wasn't because of the rah-rah stuff. It was, it was how he played the game and how he brought the rest of the group along with him when Brendan showed up. Um, so it, very similar to Jamie Benn, very similar to, to Darian Hatcher. Um, so, you know, those guys, they, they weren't the big talkers. I, I can't speak for – for, for Jamie in the locker room, but, you know, Hatchie wasn't a big talker. I mean, he just went out and did what he needed to do. <clears throat> he could change the tone of a hockey game or he could set the tone of a hockey game. And so um, Delandria sometimes reminds me of Gallagher and, and Montreal. And, but, you know, he, Gallagher's got a, a knack of taking a beating in front of the net and he pays the price to score goals and things like that. So we'll see if he can score those kind of goals. But early on, those are, those are the characteristics that I'm seeing in him. And I, I kind of get anxious when they're on to see if he, I'm hoping he's in the lineup because I want to see more from him. What is he, only 20, 20, 21 years old? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's a young player. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's the kid that, that I seem to want to watch and see what he's going to do next every other shift. Yeah, he is 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. So that's impressive. I, yeah. you don't typically see 20 year olds make the kind of impact that he's already made on this season. And I really look forward to whenever, the stars get Tyler Sagan back and Alexander Radulov back. And you see the guys like Ty Delandria kind of move down to like the fourth line, you know, and, and we've talked about it where, Hey, that's not really one through four where one's more, you know, important than the other one or anything like that. Cause you know, the FCC line gets a lot of time for the stars just shutting down opponents. 
But I really look forward. That's because the top line from the other teams on the ice a lot. That's why they get so much time because they got to go out there against them. How do we? How do we just like teach? uh, I don't know. What if we put Fox on just like a Ben line and it's just kind of like a mix of FCC but also scoring? We'd have to come up with a new acronym. But hey, everybody's got a role. So you yeah. know you you can't you can't just load up that one line. And I think you're trying to be as balanced as you can. You're trying to come at teams in waves, and you want to do it every day. You know, typically what you do is, you know, you don't put your your lines together in groups of three. You put them together in twos, and you, you find like a like a Tyler Sagan works with a Jamie Ben. They try to find somebody that fit fit them in on the wing that complements those guys. And so <clears throat> that that's kind of the way coaches go about putting their lines together now and see who can complement the two guys that are working that way. And I think with with Fox's line, they've got three guys that complement each other. They can read off of each other. They can all skate. The two guys on the wings can skate. One guy can win face-offs. He's really good in his own end. And so, um, you know, and again, I think you you, you want to you don't want to have a drop-off from line to line. I mean, you want to be able to put your – whatever your identity is for your club, you want to be able to roll four lines as long as you possibly can until you probably get down a goal or two, then you shorten your bench a little bit. But for the most part, you're trying to just send them over the boards and just let them go, let them go, and – no matter who, who's ever on the other side of the ice, they just get a heavy dose of the same thing every time somebody comes out. I think my taxi squad guy is Jason Robertson. I really, you know, he obviously just came off a five-point streak that was snapped against the Florida yep. Panthers. But he did have a really nice opportunity right in front of the net to get a goal tonight. It just seems like he's in the he's in the right spot at the right time. I mean, it's it, it just I can tell kind of like Justin Dowling because that's that would be one B for me in this conversation would be Justin Dowling, but. I, I, I like the playmaking, and especially when it was, you know, Rope Hens who was out tonight, um, Rope Hens and Gurionov and Jason Robertson. I just felt like you really kind of filled that Radulov-esque type role when Radulov was on the line with Ben and Sagan, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you got – I mean, Gurionov and, and Hens to me, they're like straight-line speedsters. And Gurionov's a guy with the big bomb. He's got a heck of a yeah. shot. Hintz, Hintz has no fear taking pucks to the net. I, I like it when he comes off the wing and – and especially on his offside, and he can he can drive the puck to the net because that creates things around the goaltender. He takes pucks there, and uh, that's where you got to go to score goals. And so I like that element. And I think when Robertson comes in, he's got a, he gets that nose for the right play at the right time. He, he doesn't try to overdo things. If, if the shot's there, there's a lane to get it to the net, and he sees his two wingers are going, or if he sees a, a centerman or whatever whatever it may be, he do, he just seems to make the right plays at the right times. And he, I think he's got a hockey high hockey hockey IQ, and so. Um, his decision-making is real good. And so it's nice when you can have two, three guys that, and, and they know what each other does. And, you know, you, you play with guys that, that like to play in straight lines and take pucks to the net and, and they're, or they're good forward checkers. You make sure when you get to the offensive blue line, you don't turn it over there. You try to get it in on time. So you don't stop their speed when those kind of guys are on the fly. Cause you know that the guys on the other side wearing the other jerseys really don't want to see them barreling down on them. So, so don't stop what they do good at. And what they're good at. And, and so I think that's why Robertson can probably play with a lot of different kind of players because he, he seems to, to be a real smart player. Luds, I, uh, I know you're a real smart player as well. That's why you use ish beard works and men's hygiene. They make lightly scented handcrafted all natural men's grooming products for the man who wants to look good without smelling like a pine tree farted in his face. And guess what? They donate a portion of the profits to charities that support children in foster care and awaiting adoption. So go to ishbeardworks.com. That's ish, I-S, 
chbeardworks.com and check everything that they have to take your beard game and hygiene to the next level. Ishbeardworks is the proud official sponsor of this official Dallas Stars Focus podcast and official creator of the baddest ass beards in all of DFW. It's the Ish, so can you. Now, Luds, before we get out of here, just uh, want to find out, you know, what you got going on this weekend or what, what bars are you going to be going to? <laughs> Um, did you get your Ish Beardworks uh, care package? I did. Oh, good. I got my care package finally. Yeah. You got the. You wrote it down correctly. Good job. Hey, I, you know, I uh, you you just set me up perfectly to just knock it out. It made it real easy on me, so I appreciate you. Well, I'll tell you what. I was hoping. I was looking for uh, uh, some better weather. It looks like we're going to get some rain this weekend. I was hoping to get the go for a little ride here in the weekend and so we'll, we'll see what happens we we don't uh we, we got off on the weekend with our hockey team so i got a couple days off so i'm hoping to to get out and end up in oklahoma or arkansas or something like that for a day or two what's going on with the weather here like we we're Alaska for a little bit now we're about to be seattle for a week i mean it's just rain all next week hey don't they say if you don't like the weather just wait a minute it'll change just, yeah so, You'll you'll experience you'll experience yeah. all four seasons here in like all a, seasons in in a, in a week and a half. You got yeah. them all. That's yeah. right. It don't matter. Hey, normally where I end up, it's seventy two and sunny in all them places. Yeah. So it's all good. <laughs> Me too. All right, Lids. Well, I'll let you get going. I know you're gonna go celebrate your hump day. Uh, so have yep. a good one. Uh, have all one right, for me, and uh, we will talk to you next time here on the Two Stars One Cup podcast. All right, Chip. Later. All right. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a fun comment, nice comment, all that good sort of stuff. And until next time, thank you and we love you.